This is a Crow's Nest podcast. Hi there. Uh, <laughs> we're ready. We're ready, guys. Wow. We're- <laughs> okay, we'll do it live. <laughs> wow, I like how I got that out of my system after I hit record. Just <laughs> total fuck up. Hi, hi, people. Hello. I'm Ichabod Hello. Crane. Um, and I'm J. Thaddeus Toad Esquire. And I'm a mess. Ah, here we are. We're back. We're. <laughs> I'm so glad I started this off on a professional note. Uh, me, Jesus Christ. Callie, how, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing all right. Mm-hmm. I'm, um, I'm so happy that we're finally in our last of the package films. I'm I'm weary. I'm tired. They're boring. And it's just, I don't know. It feels like I'm watching cartoons that aren't really, I mean, I am watching cartoons that are related to each other, but they've been put together in a way that makes me supposedly believe that they are supposed to be together. In this case, yeah. Like, like I don't want to overstep your summary, but at least this, uh, this package film feels like more of a package than a series of things tossed together to get out the door. It's like two books that somebody picked up and happened to be carrying to school together. And they're like, you know what? We're just going to do a, a play about this today. I Yeah, actually, I wrote a note that like <clears throat> this, um, this sounds like uh, two very annoying literature professors having an argument over their favorite like children's book, basically. And dude, I wrote something about that in my, like one of my first notes is what a stupid preamble. Um and well we can get into it i i did the summaries this time and i wrote i just wrote two separate ones i didn't try to link them together because neither did the narrators they even have separate narrators so like this is clear this is two different movies so i wrote two different things um the movie is called the adventures of ichabod and mr toad it's broken up into two segments the first is the wind in the willows the second is the legend of sleepy hollow and the wind in the willows is a really, really lovely story about a fanciful toad seeking adventure who accidentally gets himself mixed up in a scheme that involves a motor car and trading the family estate for it. Whoopsie doodles. Whoopsie doodles indeed. But in a terrible, terrible twist, Mr. Toad is set up and imprisoned for a crime he didn't commit by Winky the bartender and the gang of weasels. He finds himself freed with the help of his friends who believe that he has given up on his silly adventuring, but find that they are wrong when Toad and his horse Cyril fly off in a biplane, bidding them to join them on an adventure. So what I think happened is that a menace to society is repeatedly let loose on everyone because his family had money. And even though he has less now, um, convicted rapist Brock Allen Turner, I just just wanted to remind everyone that brock allen turner is a convicted rapist anyway it's a very back- good thing to remind people of yeah, yeah, yeah um but back to this what was i talking about oh yeah a menace to society repeatedly let loose on everyone because his family has money even though he has less now that wasn't actually written into my summary <laughs> i need to i need to calm down oh dear uh, even though this is actually- this is spirited <laughs> even though he has less money now he's still able to just do shit he rides around haphazardly with a horse named Cyril on what they call repeatedly in this movie a gypsy cart, just to remind you that it's weird. And they just crash into things over and over and over again until Toad becomes completely enraptured with a motor car. 
Mm-hmm. McBadger, Mole, and Rat try to keep him from killing more people in a car by just locking him in his room, but he escapes Scooby-Doo style, like sliding down tied up sheets and manages to trade his entire mansion for a motor car because that's what you do with your life. <clears throat> the bartender, Winky, who oversaw the transaction, lied in court and said that Toad actually tried to sell him what he claimed to be a stolen car. So Toad ends up in prison. Not just in prison, by the way, in the Tower of fucking London. Yeah. The Tower of London. Which, by the way, he somehow manages to escape because that's a thing that's easy to do. I mean, and okay, he- let, let us put this into perspective just a little bit. Okay. He is an eight-inch tall Toad. I think and- it actually would be relatively easy to escape most prisons if you are eight inches tall. But they're, like, actively looking for him. They're actively keeping a watch on him. Like this, it's not just a toad who happens to be in here. They're like, the humans in this universe have agreed that he is a menace and they are actively on it. That is true. They they should be, but they are not. So he escapes and ends up at his friend's house. And his friends decide to help commit another crime because they found out that Toad has indeed been set up. So they're going to break into Toad Hall, which he did like actively trade away. Mm-hmm. Um and steal the deed back, which they do after some really intense Scooby-Doo hijinks, which Shaggy does not make an appearance in. Uh, and they end up back Bro. at his house. Bro. Uh, they end up back at his house, and for some reason, his friends believe that he has given up adventuring. Um, and they celebrate, and he almost kills forty people by crashing through the house in a biplane. And he once again tells them that they should come with him because adventure is waiting. Yep. So that was the first half of the movie. <laughs> the second half is The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, which I have an audio memory about, but I'm going to come back to that after the summaries. Okay. Um, in The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, an odd, ungainly school teacher arrives in a new small town and becomes besties with everyone except for his soon-to-be romantic rival. Seeing that Ichabod is winning the race for the affections of the coquettish Katrina, Brahms tells the story of the headless horseman, which scares Ichabod so badly that he encounters him on Halloween night and is never seen again. But a guy moves into town and everyone thinks he's weird for just living his life and being nice. Weirdly, all the ladies actually like when a guy is nice to him instead of being a giant dickhead, so they all like this new dude, Ichabod Crane, even if he's a little weird. He's everyone's friend and gets the best food and the best goss, obviously. Even the local hottie wants him because he's nice to her. Simply nice to her. There's nothing else about it. He just, he thinks she's cute and is nice to her. The local Gaston does not like this, and he embarks on a quest solely to get rid of Ichabod and tries to do so by scaring him to death by telling the legend of the Headless Horseman at a Halloween party. Ichabod on his way home does encounter the horseman and escapes over the bridge to safety. So in an act of petty revenge, the horseman throws a flaming jack-o'-lantern at Ichabod and he's never seen again. I I really like how the like just straight up summary is just about a sentence. It's just tall man gets haunted by headless man. Yeah. Disappears. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <clears throat> That's it. <laughs> There's so much more that happens in that one, but before that, I remember a little snip. So those of us who grew up with VHSs mm-hmm. will remember Disney VHSs watching commercials for other Disney movies. And yes. I remember a commercial and I don't remember if it was for like 
Disney as a whole, if or if it was for like Disney VHSs, because you know sometimes they do those commercials that was like buy these, add to your collection. Yeah, it would be the Disney collection now on VHS. Right, the Disney yeah. Home Theater masterpiece, whatever. I remember a commercial that had clips from various Disney movies, and one of them was the part of the song where he goes Ichabod, Ichabod Crane. And then oh. it cuts directly to the like the over narrator going like no one knows more about adventure. That popped into my head when I heard him singing that. So that clip was in a commercial for a movie, and that was the only time I'd seen that. I hadn't seen this until yesterday. Well, I don't think it will surprise you to know that I have seen both of these movies. That does not. Um, and my. My big uh, recollection was, or or like my big like connection was with Mr. Toad. Like I definitely mm-hmm. remember watching the adventures of Mr. Toad and I probably reading Wind in the Willow soon after that. Sure. But I also remember distinctly being afraid of <laughs> Ichabod, um, obviously because of the Headless Horseman. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of funny <laughs> what sticks in our brains from when we are of a formidable age yeah because i didn't see the movie so all i had was this little thing and it must have been in more than one commercial because it, it was stuck in my head like an earworm yeah I, I feel- and i bet that it was especially like the disney like when we were watching disney vhs's it was during the time when the disney vault existed and they yes. would take things out of the vault so i bet that it was around that time when this came out of the vault May- i I don't think that was what the commercial was for. I think it also had a, oh. a clip from Snow White, but I don't because I distinctly remember that line being in there being like, no one knows more about something or something. So I don't remember what this commercial was for, but I remember this clip being in there and I tried Googling it and I tried watching a few different VHS commercials and I couldn't find it. Well, any of you listeners out there who might also yeah. remember this clip, write in, let us know. Yeah, please. Because it's like, that was a thing I remembered and- Again, the internet wasn't around when I was little, so you couldn't just go to the internet and look up where does this come from. It was, you know, if you didn't own that movie and if no one else you knew did, like, (laughs) there's no way of finding out. Email us, damselswhodiscuss at gmail.com with all of your Disney commercial memories around this film in particular. Yeah, especially if you remember the one that I'm talking about, because I know it was, I've seen it a lot. I've seen it a lot. Apparently not enough to remember the whole thing, but like enough to remember a little. Well, I'll tell you something that I didn't remember about these was was how famous the two narrators for each segments were. Yeah. Like we have uh, Basil Rathbone mm-hmm. narrating the Wind in the Willows, Mr. Toad segment, who yep. you might recall as being uh, Sherlock Holmes, like the original film version of Sherlock Holmes. Sorry, I hit a button. Oh, but good. It's, it's, it's still it's working again. Anyway, um, yes, he, it was the original Sherlock Holmes, Basil Rathbone. Yeah. And then for The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, we have Bing Crosby, mm-hmm. who you might remember as Christmas. Just like Christmas. just the man behind White Christmas, the song that we all hear every single year. Uh, that's Bing Crosby. Mm-hmm. You might also yep. remember him as having a fun, like little bo 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 type of voice. Yep. He, if you hear his voice, you'll know exactly who he is. And he, he does um, all the singing parts. So, you know, both of these. Actually, not both. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow is told through one voice actor. So he plays all the parts and does all the singing. Um, I That's not the case, I believe, in... That's not the case in... Leg- in is it in Wind of the Willows? No, it's not. 
No, because there there's so many characters in Wind of the Willows. Yeah, that, sorry. Like actually talk. Yeah. Legend of Sleepy Hollow, Bing Crosby is all the main um the main main voices. Like there's some like other characters that are in there. Like I just looked it up. Apparently Clarence Nash is um the horse. But he is the narrator, he is Ichabod, and he is Brahm. So he is all the speaking male parts. And mm-hmm. yeah. You and because of that, he does a lot of the singing and you you definitely recognize his voice as soon as you hear it. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. Well, do we want to go begin with the toad and end with the tall langy man yeah the book it opens with a book and a no a library and this really terrible monologue done by basil rathborn basil rathborn where he's basically saying i wonder who your favorite literary hero is and just waxes on for about two minutes or so before going mine is a toad and that's why i wrote down what a stupid preamble well, that's a good question, actually. Who Who is your favorite literary hero? I don't know that I have one. I like different literary characters for different reasons. That's fair. You don't have any one that you're like, yeah, I particularly connect with that person. Mm. I mean, it really depends. I've been, it depends on the book I've been reading recently. Like, I've been, I reread, I told you recently, the Pendragon books from when I was in middle school. Oh, and I'm yeah. going through those again, just like rereading them. Because the first time I read them, I just like sped read them to remember the plot. Now I'm trying to reread them again slowly. Um, so yeah, it's like that. I guess I like think that I might. I don't know. There's not a character in that. Sh- I it's guess a I'd, hard, be the, I'd be the hard most thing. like lure out of those books. Yeah. What about you? I I'm going to go with the first name that popped off the top of my head. Um, which is this character's name, hero protagonist from I love it. Uh, Snow Crash. Okay. That, that's my choice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I think I'm more likely to be able to pick out TV characters. That's fair. That really would I am too. I don't think it has anything to do with being <clears throat> like not a fan of literary work because we are obviously both huge readers and yeah, very love reading. fans of all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it's easier to just absorb the visuals. <laughs> And the yeah. like character concept and things like that. <laughs> also, when you see somebody portraying a character, they add their own little injections to it. Whereas when you're reading, you're making up everyone in your own way, kind of. Yes. Or all through your lens. I, yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I was so, so like perplexed, I guess, by this opening where I was like, I don't, okay, let's just throw ourselves in here. I don't know why we're in this library. I don't know why this man is asking me questions that I, no, he's not going to care about the answer to. He's right. just going to tell me <clears throat> about the book that he loves about a toad. And he should have. He should have been like, well, hello there. I see that you've joined me in this library. Allow me to tell you a story about a peculiar little toad named J. Thaddeus. J. Thaddeus you know, Toad, to be precise. You know, I think we needed a Jiminy Cricket. Ugh. I don't think <laughs> there's anything in the world that requires a Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> You didn't want Jiminy Cricket to just show up again and be like, hey, guys, remember the last time I was here? It was really weird. Well, I almost forgot that we saw him again, that he came back. I forgot about that. Yeah. I definitely forgot about that. Uh, Whatever. It clearly wasn't that important. Definitely not. You know what else I don't think is important? Apparently, J. uh, J Thaddeus Toad, Esquire, um, (laughs) I went down a very small rabbit hole about what his actual first name is because it okay. is just the letter J period and then Thaddeus Toad Esquire. Yes. And 
I cannot find any answer to this question. <laughs> um, what his name is, like what his actual first name is. Uh, but what I did find instead was definitely an AI generated uh, page that oh, just gets increasingly bizarre with questions uh, on who was Mr. Toad based on. Jesus. Uh, so, so like, well, it's, these are just the questions that are asked on this page. Who was Mr. Toad based on? What have I been missing, Mr. Toad? <clears throat> what is Mr. Toad's first name? To which the answer is the full name of the Disney version of Mr. Toad is J. Thaddeus Toad Esquire. So thanks for not answering that mystery. <clears throat> uh, why does Mr. Yeah, Toad go to jail? Why did Toad's friends lock him in his room? Again, why did Mr. Toad go to jail? How did frogs get pregnant? <laughs> The internet is a crazy place, man. That was a jump. That's, but it almost feels like the natural progression. <laughs> which I don't think is a good thing. That's, doesn't it? Yeah, this whole thing was incredibly weird. Um, It's just, it's, it, it, the whole, pre so, we just, the, they introduce us to Toad by describing him as one the one disturbing element in the story and i will say they're not wrong he is clearly and as i described it he is just like fucking or like he's just a a menace that's the only word that there is like he's yes. just like i just want to do what i want and then he's he's causing a ton of damage injuring people probably killing people just like doing whatever the fuck he wants yeah and i think he was also based on a vanderbilt <laughs> so that that kind of explains a lot of that um and it's definitely very much the old money doing whatever they want type of trope. Yeah. That's definitely... It's a really interesting way that they portray him. Mm -hmm. Because it's sort of like, I get being interested in other shit. Like when you get a hyperfixation or what have you. But I don't know most people that are just like, I'm going to get a car and just drive it through everything. I just don't see how that's like your idea of a great time. It's clear that um, apparently Toad has some bad habits. One of the lines that I wrote down was late for tea, a regrettable habit. So we already know that he is just some Oh, type that's of not hooligan. Toad, though. That was Mole. Oh, that was Rat Mole. Was, was complaining was about Mole oh. being late for tea. Oh, okay. Well, I did have another quote. Toad's, mm -hmm. Toad's follies have put him on the brink of bankruptcy, yep. which means he's a toad in the hole. <laughs> he financial a hole. the original yeah. holding the hole he's in another weird hole now because what he's currently doing is just weirdly riding around in this horse and carriage which they insist instead of just calling it a carriage they insist on calling it a gypsy cart over and over again and i don't know why i i think that it goes back to uh romani nomads like yeah that's but it's, it's not one of those it's not a vardo no, I'm saying that it's a racist, like, I know. Of it, I because it is, in case anyone's wondering if it is a genuine, like, the genuine Romani caravan style thing. No, it's not. It's just like a regular horse and buggy deal. Yeah. But I guess they're trying to make it sound like it's like, oh, it's uncouth and weird. And this thing he's doing, they're like, he's driving around in this canary yellow cart. Um, On their way to nowhere at all. That yep, was, that's that what, was part of the lyrics. Yep, that's what he and his horse are singing. That's all. We're hurrying, hurrying to nowhere in particular at all. 
a question for you about the names uh-huh. in this. So we have J. Thaddeus Toad Esquire is his name. So we have some type of first name that's like J. Thaddeus. Mm-hmm. The horse's name is Cyril. This horse is referred to as Cyril. He's but named then- Cyril Proudbottom, in case anyone was curious. Cyril Proudbottom. So why are Badger and Mole named Badger and Mole? He's named <laughs> Angus McBadger. Ah, but- okay. Ratty and Molly are named Ratty and Molly. Those are their names. They're not Rat and Mole. It's Ratty and Molly. Okay. Just, you know, a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of personality for them. <clears throat> so sorry for them. It it <laughs> And I love how after so Ratty and Molly, of course, go they encounter Toad in the cart because they're sent there to basically be like, stop this now. And stop spending so much money. Stop. Yeah, basically. Stop stop terrorizing everyone. And Toad tells them, this is my career. Right. <laughs> says, this is what I do. I'm supposed to live frivolously. I'm a menace. I'm a menace. Like, what are we doing here? It's 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 very big. Um, okay, so so Toad and Cyril the horses like relationship is very big. Uh somebody super rich is surrounding themselves with yes men mm-hmm. vibe and the yes men are like "Ooh, i'm gonna take advantage of how much money this person has yeah i'm just gonna you know they're bankrolling the adventures and i've always wanted to go so yeah let's do it i did do a little little sketch <laughs> of yes of when so yep they're merrily, 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 merrily fucking running along like crazy people, just crashing through fences, knocking over buildings like you do with um a horse and a cart. Mm-hmm. And then there's a noise. And like any good horse, Cyril freaks the fuck out. Yep. <laughs> like any horse I've ever encountered, he's like, oh my God, it's a cart. And they're both like, what is that? What is that? And, you know. Toad's like, what the hell is that? And Cyril goes, it's a motor car. And Toad gets hypnotized. Uh, no, Toad gets car sick. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I absolutely I had to. <laughs> Jesus. He does. He does. He gets hypnotized and he definitely, like, he starts making the brum, 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 brum type of yeah, noise like... as he's just kind of puttering along. Yeah. <laughs> as his friends are, like, carrying him home. He's just... Yeah. Uh, they literally show it like the hypnotism his eyes go all they have like red and pink rings in them and he starts like Mm -hmm. literally floating he might be seeing some pink elephants on parade in the cars we don't know yeah we don't know for sure that might be why he's chasing them but um his friends see this behavior and they're like not about it so they decide to do what any normal person would do who runs a dangerous cult and lock him in a room. Yeah, that's reasonable. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Let him sweat out the car sickness, I guess. Like, I guess that was the idea. Like, if we if we separate him long enough, he'll go through withdrawals and then come out the other side not wanting a car. I think that's basically what it... Because they keep talking about how, like, Toad keeps promising that he's over this and over this and over this. I'm like, what are we over? Like, is this... Like, you can't get someone to, quote-unquote, get over wanting things, and if they have the money for it, getting them. Yeah. Like, that's really hard to do unless you plan on literally house-arresting them, but they didn't do a good enough job. 
no. He's a slippery toad. <laughs> he is a slippery toad, except instead of slipping out of something, he just climbs out a window. Did he not? Okay, yeah, I guess he did climb out the window. I'm trying to remember if he kind of puttered his way down the uh, water, water spout on the side. I don't think he did. Okay. No. Well, I know that horse is waiting for him. Like yeah. Cyril is waiting for him. So his partner in crime is definitely like, oh, let's go get that car. And then the next thing we see is like Toad arrested because they see a car. They see a red car and they're like, nice. And then there's a newspaper shot. And my first thought was he looks so drunk in his mugshot. I thought that too. And I so I also wrote down some of the newspaper headlines. Oh, good. That was a big theme in this uh, segment was they decided to show most of the story through newspaper headlines. Yeah, big things that happened like this arrest and stuff were done via the news. So what I'm okay, as more of these headlines came up, I was really wondering if um, like throughout the story, if what they had done was take a real newspaper and just like post it like superimpose uh, the toad stories on top because some of these other headlines are bizarre. Okay. Um, but the one one related to Toad is uh, Toad arrested. Uh-huh. Mania lands wealthy playboy in toils of the law. Okay. Um, hot in stolen car. Horse named Cyril held as accomplice in curious crime. <laughs> but then here's like just three other headlines that okay. are completely unrelated. Bandits shot down in Canada holdup. Something bridal for two cousins. And two die in gunfight at doors of palace. Bomb is also thrown where Bulgarian king is conferring. Conferencing? Something like that. What? Yeah. (laughs) Those are all all headlines that were in this Disney children's movie about a toad getting arrested. Yeah, what? (laughs) <laughs> I fully encourage everybody to pause on any movie that ever has like a newspaper or yeah, a or letter. Like yeah, just read it. If there's wild stuff, there usually is. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Who wrote that down? Oh my gosh. Um. Uh. <laughs> beyond the newspaper, though, I kind of. I didn't like this courtroom scene. I thought it was weirdly long and drawn out. Oh, um, I was so bored. It was really boring. I gotta say, the docket reader talks as fast as me. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, I can... Ah, someone who finally speaks my speeds. Um, but the first thing I noted about this is that, like, I I don't know a whole lot about, like, appearing in court. I've, I've only done it, like, a couple times. But <laughs> I'll just say, I think everyone who's a fan of true crime knows that the first rule is to always act in your own defense because it makes you look not guilty at all. Yes, not only uh, does representing yourself make you a trusted narrator with the court, um, it also truly proves that you are uh, aware of your financial needs, mm-hmm. um, that you are of sane and sound mind, and no matter what size you are, you feel like you can like be a big man in court. You know what does establish honesty in court though i don't Uh, know what you're going to say but i'm going to think the word weasels no what i was going to say is (laughs) if you introduce your witness by telling the judge that this man is a 
of man, an honorable man of the most high and honest degree. And um, apparently that is enough praise where the judge just almost vaults himself over his desk to shake the bartender's hand, who is the guy who's being introduced. Because yeah, Toad is like, and now my witness is this man of incredible honesty and integrity, someone who never speaks an untruth. And everyone's like, oh, yes, 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 oh, yes, of course, I'm always telling the truth. Yeah, yeah, totally. And the judge is like, no, lovely to meet you. I've never met a more honest man. Yeah, like, let's take everything that you say at face value, which, I mean, now that we're discussing it, I think that this explains how Toad has been able to get away with his shit for so long. That's true. He he just gets in trouble. But then this this one Toad, this one tiny eight-inch Toad is smarter than all of the humans in the courtroom. And the other thing about that, too, is... um everyone really listened to the story that Cyril told, who was the first witness. Like, that was the first witness they brought in was like, oh, by the way, the, my accomplice, <laughs> yeah. um, let's get him in here to vouch for me. Hey, this, my character witness <laughs> slash accomplice mm-hmm. slash potentially my lawyer. Like, we don't know all of Cyril's roles. He, he might be, oh, I'm forgetting uh, in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um who hunter s thompson's sidekick was but he would always be like oh i'm like all of these things to you i'm your attorney i'm your doctor i'm your lawyer like that's what cyril is i just realized what would be amazing is a remake of fear and loathing in las vegas with mr toad as the hunter s thompson character and then cyril as the associate hmm i can see that i can see that being fun yes (laughs) it was that was that's just fucking weird man it just I, it's just it's interesting because yeah, i you know i i i love true crime shows so i'm a little bit jaded but i just think it is hilarious that this was like here is how i am going to establish my character witness i'm just gonna tell you he's really really honest and you're gonna believe me you know why they trusted him? No. It's because he so Toad is presenting Winky the barman. It's because Yes, sorry, I looks, I realized I didn't say that. <laughs> it's because he looks exactly like the Pringles man. And so all of these people he really does. must have thought, Oh, of course he's an honorable man. I see him on my can of potato chips every what day. What delicious chips. I what love delicious. chips. Don't you love chips? We all love chips. Mashed potato chips. Mashed potato chips. And I, I, I know it sounds like I'm harping on it, but that was truly the funniest thing to me. Or it's just like, yeah, this guy is so honest and everyone literally is tripping over themselves to meet him. Like, yes, you are the most honest. I want to introduce uh, people that way from now on. Please do. The next time that you and I are in a room, please introduce me that way. And I'm just going to go in with the same smug ass smile that Winky has on his face. It takes up like three quarters of his face. Just, Yeah. Yeah, he, teeth, you can trust me. He and the nanny bow guy need to get together yes. and arrange their facial proportions. I was trying to remember what the overlap was between <laughs> between Winky, Pringles, and Natty Bow. <laughs> that feels like a question for Reddit. What is the overlap? Where yeah, where is the Venn diagram end on this one? Uh <laughs> <laughs> well, question question for for our listeners. Of those three characters, which one do you trust the most? 
Crickets. No. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking. My answer is the Pringles guy. I I actually would. I agree. I would trust the Pringles guy. And this is going to be kind of rude to say, but it's because he has two eyes um, <clears throat> and is not a snake. <laughs> a not snake a literal ass. snake. Not a literal yeah, I. Well, you, you never know. I also sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say the Natty Bow. Um, I, I didn't realize this before, but the like Natty Boy uh, or Natty Bow like theme or whatever is oh boy, what a beer. What a beer. Yep, I I know that because my former teammate at Free State, who's now with um, Windy City Rollers, Natty Bone Crusher. Oh, that's cute. Isn't that great? <laughs> That's so cute. That's a cute roller derby name. It's I love so it. good. We call her Bones. I love you, Bones. I don't think you're ever going to listen to this show. <laughs> she loves me. I don't think she loves me that much. <laughs> Fair enough. You can that only is... love somebody so much to put up with their Disney shenanigans. The Disney shenanigans, indeed. <laughs> Which I do have friends that like Disney sh- shenanigans, though. So spoiler alert-ish for the future, guys. We are trying to come up with ways to get other people involved in our shenanigans. Indeed, um, we are. I'm really hoping that none of our shenanigans end us up in the Tower of London, though. I hope. I hope not too. But before before we get to that, we should okay. discuss what those shenanigans included. Because oh yeah, sorry, I did. I realized we didn't re- finish. I didn't even tell the story of how this happened. I was I was done with this courtroom. <laughs> I mean, I was almost done with it, but I did have to to like. I don't know. Like the barman basically goes up there after Toad has presented him and been like, this man's wonderful. You should all believe everything that he says. And he immediately goes up there and goes, hi, everyone. Toad is a lying piece of shit. The story that to sell me a stolen car. Yes. And the story that Toad was telling was we saw this hot car. I chased it to the local tavern and what have you in saw this car followed to a bar. Um, and when he was there, he asked the barman, this dude, Winky, he was like, Egads, whose car is this? I love it so much. I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. But because he didn't have any money on him, he traded over the deed. And, you know, this is how this whole thing started, because he's saying, no, 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 I'm the legal owner of this car. It's mine because I traded my house for it. But then when Winky's called to the stand, he says, Toad tried to sell me a stolen car. He's a liar. Get him. And they immediately do. They really do. And there was a point where, so, so they also said that, like, there were weasels involved in this. And these are the weasliest weasels that I ever did see weasel. Like, they're so, um, I I love the character designs of these weasels because they're just noodles. I think they brought them back for Zootopia with that other weasel character because they look real similar with that very, like you said, they're very, they're very noodly. They're very noodly. Yeah, they're um, made out of uncooked spaghetti. Also, apparently all of this took place on August 12th, which that's just really funny to me because I think I actually watched this on August 11th. <laughs> you were you were watching the future happen. I was watching the future past happen and I was so happy about that. Um, um, but but yes, yeah, so he does get convicted and there are more newspaper headlines. So I'm going to read just a couple of them. But again, okay, please do. And I have some Tower of London info for people who don't know what it is when your facts are over. Yes, I love that. So again, these are the real headlines that show up on the multiple newspapers that just appear on the screen. <laughs> Girls bod- body exhumed. Village murder case development. Postmortem. Reconstruction follows storm in Puerto Rico. Victory cited in fight against yellow fever. 
Lightning Bolt kills two, hurts several others. Meteorite falls near baby. That last one. What? Yes, I think that's one of the ones that I saw and was like, what? <laughs> what are these newspapers saying? And and how are all of these stories less important than the Mr. Toad one? <laughs> that's incredible. And for anyone who was curious, by the way, um, the Tower of London is not just like a local prison. The Tower of London was built um, by William the Conqueror in the 1070s. It's been around since then. Now it mostly holds like the, the royal, the crown jewels. Mm-hmm. Um, reading from their official website, it says they also are home to the human wardens and its legendary guardians, the Pampered Ravens. And things like the Ceremony of the Keys and other traditions still live on. However, back when, this was a prison. And when they're talking about the capacity of it, it's not just, it's not like a prison for kings. It's where kings and queens would imprison their rivals and enemies. You know, people they really didn't fucking like. Really tiny place. If you you ever get a chance to visit the Tower of London, you Mm -hmm. can tour it. I don't think you can tour... At least when I went, you could not tour the tower proper, but there's like another um, place nearby and you can see the crown jewels and all of that. It's very fascinating to -hmm. see. It's very dim and dark and small and not a pleasant place to be. Although I will say if I were a toad, honestly, the prison cell would be pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One of the most famous prisoners, by the way, in the Tower of London was Queen Anne Boleyn. Held there before her beheadment. I was going to say, I'm guessing head and body were in prison. That's correct. That's the last place they were together. Aww. Uh, and apparently, They'll always have the Tower of London. Uh, yes. In, let's see. Anne Boleyn was beheaded in 1536 for treason against Henry VIII. Her ghost supposedly haunts the Church of St. Peter at Vincula in the Tower, where she is buried and has been said to walk around the White Tower carrying her head under her arm. They should have put this in the Sleepy Hollow thing. They really should have. That... That's really cool. Um, and also, I immediately go to Harry Potter and Nearly Headless Nick and just have to wonder if Anne Boleyn and Nearly Headless Nick would get along. They Maybe might. Make a nice little couple. Straight heads. Straight heads. That would be really funny. Um, I want to so, wear yours. It's going to look better with my blouse. Yeah. Your head's too big on my body. It's just all off. Well, you stretched out the neck of my choker last time, and now I can't wear it anymore. So you don't get to wear my accessories anymore, Nick. Oh, my God. They steal each other's heads when they're mad at each other. Sneaks into Anne's room and, like, puts it in a cupboard. But she can't <laughs> tell which one it is because a cupboard looks the same in the dark. While she's sleeping, she wakes up yeah. and she's just in the dark. Her screen. head's in a... Yeah, she has, this sounds like an amazing sitcom. She has to come downstairs. She's opening all the cabinets in the kitchen while Nick stands in the doorway giggling. And she's just opening every drawer, looking through forks, being like... I saw- god yes yes but what were we talking about well okay we're talking about the tower of london and we once told okay i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i just got a pop-up notification on zoom asking if i was singing and if i wanted to set up audio recordings (laughs) oh well that's lovely zoom thanks for letting us know that we can use zoom as a musical production tool too yeah, I excuse me. I am so sorry. What were you? What were you saying? So I was going to say. So the trial uh, took place on August twelfth, and then okay. Toad gets into the Tower of London, and we skip forward to Christmas. Yeah, he's there. They, they it's it's months. It's months. He's there. Yeah. 
Um, and at that point, we learn that Cyril has a plan to get Toad out, which is to dress up as his grandma, which, why Grandma Toadie? You look so long and horse-like today. Cyril also came in with his face behind something, so he looked like a lamppost in a gown. Yeah. When he walked in. None none of it was convincing, but it was convincing enough, and Cyril's plan was to then put Toad in his own dress. And send him out into the world, which, by the way, works and is hilarious. Like, this needs to be a trope, because oftentimes the person escapes and the disguise doesn't work. He escapes and is running around in a granny dress. He trips and falls into the beam of a policeman who just Mm -hmm. goes, oh, I'm sorry, it's just an old lady. Just an old, tiny, eight-inch lady. And he's only recognized when, like, the literal ball and chain falls out of his dress. And they're like, ah, it is a prisoner. Okay, so that I really love because Toad Toad did have a ball and chain stuck to him. Mm -hmm. And the way that they decided to fix that was to make the ball his butt. So he was the big booty grandma. Yep, just (laughs) walking down the street with with a weight back there. Just a, a... Big old granny badonkadonk. Got a shelf for that light beam. But then, you know, he ends up running and running and running and ends up on, he ends up on a a steam train. He ends up on a a little engine that could, basically. Yeah. And this is where my notes get a little confusing. But isn't there at some point he falls out and falls into the water? Yep. I'm getting to that. Because before we get to that, we find out that he has commandeered a little engine and behind him, the, the like, 36 policemen that are chasing, chasing him have also commented an engine, and every single one of them has a pistol, and they are just opening fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what leads to him jumping out, but because he's attached to this little weight, he sinks to the bottom of this thing. And I realize I don't know much about anything. It's frogs that are amphibious, right? I mean, I mean, whatever, they can go underwater and breathe. I think you're right, but I'm also not, like, a huge, like understanding of the difference between a toad and a frog but what i am right i'm just googling if toads can breathe underwater yeah and what i am absolutely positive of though is that toads nor frogs have fingernails but in the shots where um mr toad is trying to reach and grab for a branch Mm -hmm. he very clearly has fingernails i can't see no it's too far down ah there we go oh you're right i didn't pay attention to that i was more I was more focused on whether or not frogs, I mean, toads could breathe underwater because I was wondering whether or not the struggle was unnecessary, but I Googled it and found out toads cannot breathe underwater. So the struggle was necessary. I understand this now. That's very important. I forgot. The struggle is real. It, the struggle was real because I forgot for a second and thought he was a frog, even though his name is Toad. Um, and I thought that he could breathe underwater. And I was like, why is he, why is this, why is he panicking? I realized Honestly, now it's because he was drowning. And legitimately, <laughs> like being a frog, but being named Mr. Toad does seem to scan for the character of mr toad who's kind of a charlatan <laughs> just like free spirit like that is true <laughs> yeah unfortunately think, that is not the case no and i and i think that he's a toad because i think toads are more common in england he, he is also just a toad like yeah. I, he is supposed to be a toad i'm just i i <laughs> i i don't know anything about amphibians so in my brain i was like that looks like a frog um but um they kind of also do that thing, which I find interesting, where they just yada, yada, yada through a crucial plot point, which is like, he was about to drown because he was being dragged down by a ball and chain. And the next time we see him, he's collapsing into the front door of his friend's house. 
Yeah. Okay. And I wrote get down out of a that. line. I, I don't know how that happened either. And I wrote down a line and I, you're going to have to tell me if this sounds familiar and who said it, because at some point says the warmth of Christian charity. Yep. That was said, uh, I think by the narrator, cause he was saying how everyone was banned from discussing toad, but there was one house here that still had the warmth of good Christian charity. There we go. This is yet another Disney film where they use the term Christian charity. Yeah, they do also refer to him later on when they're talking about his um, reformation, where they were saying he thought they thought he'd reformed. They thought he they they were assured that he was a good Christian toad or something like that. They bring it up again. Sorry, I just. This is such a stupid deep cut, but I think of the Alex Alex Jones. They're turning our frogs gay. They're turning our toads Christian. They have gay frogs and Christian toads. How do they get along? Christian toads, yeah. (laughs) I don't feel like they do. Um, So yeah, they they end up then going on a hijack mission, um, which I I have almost no notes for the rest of this because I thought that this not scooby-doo scooby-doo chase scene went on for way too freaking long it was not very interesting but yeah they do they sneak into toad hall um ratty toady ratty toad and moly sneak Mm -hmm. in to try and successfully do end up stealing the deed and they once again yada yada through that they just have this really wild chase scene and then all of a sudden it's like and then everything's fine it's new year's toad's been exonerated he's got his house back um we're all good badger and rat and mole are are given a toast yeah so okay one thing i did really really find interesting about the uh breaking in and getting the deed so they break into the house and it's full of weasels and winky because it turns out that winky is the leader of the gang of weasels yes so they're working together squatting yeah in this house and for the and at some point they all pass out from drinking like winky and the winky and the weasels Ooh, that's a good band name um a good kids band name winky and the weasels and uh to try and get the deed winky is sleeping on a couch and just holding the deed to his chest. And they have a real Mission Impossible scene where yep. Molly is dropped down. And I really want to know if Mission Impossible got its inspiration from this. From this. That would <clears throat> it's possible because this was 1949. Exactly. Exactly. But then, yeah, like you said, they kind of yada, yada, yada through the fight. Uh, Toad is a chaos agent. Um, and then the mm-hmm. newspaper ends by saying, Toad exonerated. Yep. Good name cleared. <laughs> Jay Thaddeus Toad retires to country estate and the bosom of his friends. Yeah. And then um, his friends are toasting him to his good health, basically. Um, and they think that he's quit his shenanigans, but he hasn't because Toad and Cyril come through on a fucking biplane and take out half the house. Yeah. Again, you know that friend who who's probably a good person unless they hang out with that one particular bad influence? Uh-huh. That's what Cyril is. He's that one particular bad influence. I agree. And then and that that's it. That's the end of that's the end of that one. Yeah, then we get back to our uh library where <sighs> after Basil Rathborn is yeah, like, well, wasn't that a wonderful story about toads? Uh, Bing Crosby comes in and is like, fuck you, I have a better story. About a weird school teacher. Yeah, who I think has a fetish for food. 
He might. That was my feeling. Oh, it turns out I did have more things written down, but they're not that interesting. Oh, I'm sorry. There was one scene that I did like during that Robin Hood-esque chase. Mm -hmm. There is a scene with a rotating wall that reminded me of, put the candle Oh my gosh. Yes, 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 yes. That was, uh, that was from, um, not Frankenstein, the young, young Frankenstein. And it was said by both Gene Wilder's character, Frederick Frankenstein, Frankenstein. and and by Inga. 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 Yeah, uh, apparently I had way more notes that I just didn't bother with because I got bored, but they were not very interesting. I, I like that you yada 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 your own notes. I did yada yada my notes. The other, oh yeah, that was that was the only one that I really really had written down. And my big question, I think I posted already, was what they were like. They keep saying he's reformed. I'm like reformed from fucking what? Being spoiled and rich? Do you know what it was? It's like it's rich white person reformed where mm-hmm. they are publicly uh, said that they're reformed, and it's really just hey. Keep your bullshit behind closed doors now, please. Yeah, you need and to stop letting this get out to the stop public. Stop being a liability. Yeah. <clears throat> like, you can still do all this shit that you're going to do. Just be more quiet about it. Oh, the last note I'd written down that I could barely read was, what an A-plus heist. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I also have a theory that Elon Musk bases his entire personality on Thaddeus Toad and thinks he's as likable as he is. I wish that Elon Musk were eight inches tall, so it would be very easy to squish him. And just ignore him. But you can't ignore it. You couldn't ignore Mr. Toad. He was literally the largest headline on all of the newspapers. That's fair enough. Other news that was arguably more important than a weird toad. Like a meteorite landing near a baby. Yeah, I really want to know more about that. And I did try to read, like, along with the, the reason that I think that they were just superimposing the toad articles on top was because you could still read part of the articles like the text below it was not laura mipsum placeholder text it still made no sense but i was like what happened to this baby i need to know it it's it's weird i googled it and the only thing i see here is awesome thank you very much never saw quote meteorite lands near baby unquote headline before or the baby throwing when the 747 smashes glass i don't know what that's referring to or talking about so i don't know what meteorite landed near a baby but uh i'm sorry back to the legend of sleepy hollow and we're being introduced to ichabod crane maybe he he was the baby that the meteorite landed next to i like to think that he's some form of alien like he came in on the meteor yeah like the, the meteorite did not we're making such a better plot to this movie the I'm meteorite sorry. did not land next to the baby the baby came with the meteorite yeah it fell off the meteorite we got it wrong and that baby was ichabod crane he may as well be because i <clears throat> so he is it's it's interesting he's definitely they they draw him as very much as a character as you said he's like eight feet fucking tall he is all like elbow and knee and adam's apple and nose um points he's all the points (laughs) yeah and i wrote down it's so cool to make fun of people for how they look um and we're introduced here to what's his full name brom browns or something 
Oh, God, that's right. I like wrote his name down halfway through my notes because I just could not care. Um, Bones. Bones, yeah. Brom Bones, who they describe as always being ready for a fight or a frolic. Um, he, like you mentioned, a proto Gaston. Yep, he looks, he does look like a kind of early, an early Gaston. You, can, I can see where the Gaston comes from in him. And the way that the narrator talks about him and the way that he's animated and they bring attention to him being like odd, unusual, and being a little effeminate. Were they just trying to apply up into this Katrina thing that he was gay? I was trying to figure that out as well because it seems that way because Ichabod has such a good relationship with all of the women and they purposely animate women that are not conventionally attractive. Like yes. they're, they're score like there's one woman who's very uh short and fat and um really just not what you would consider a cute Disney princess. And she's Ichabod's animated a bit like, more like Madame Mim, not in a mean but like it has the yeah. kind of like wildy hair. Yeah, like the same hair and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Yeah. And and Ichabod is shown just like hanging out with her, having a picnic, having a lovely time, eating being very nice. Food. Yeah. yeah, and he's not. And the, and the you know the whole thing in my summary was he's just being nice. And it, you know, we don't know, we don't get to know him enough to understand if he's like. I think they try to. It's like it's 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 interesting the way they try to characterize it later on. I almost wonder if like to, someone took over halfway through, because. Do you see where I'm saying? Do you you kind of get where I'm going with this? Because they spend the beginning of it being like just a nice guy, a little bit of an odd fellow, kind of odd. And then you show him he'd be like genuinely nice to the women. And his calendar is full of hanging out. He gets to, you know, they cook for him. They like him. He's their friend. And then they introduce him. Sorry, I'm I'm speed running through this and I'm going to go back to it. But then when they introduce Katrina into the mix and, you know, romantic rivalry becomes apparent. They almost try to like 180 and be like, oh, he just wants her money. He's fantasizing about her money and all this kind of stuff. And it's, 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 it's really interesting how that one, that it, it, he turns into a sort of villain, not villain figure, but they kind of try to put negative aspects on him. So my theory is, as we all know, Disney likes to code gay as villain. Like yes. They like to always indicate that, that mm-hmm. if you, if there's any homosexuality, that means that somebody is bad because that doesn't provide good christian charity or something they like their doesn't make you a good christian toad as their villains yes exactly but they prefer their good christian toads as the main characters so i'm thinking that they these are the um feelings of the townspeople mm-hmm. and the narrator bing crosby is basically saying the townspeople think that he's an odd fellow because he does his silly walk and they think that he might be a little bit of you know uh, perhaps he's a gay man and that's the only reason that he's like befriending all of these quote-unquote hideous mm-hmm. women and then the town doesn't like him because of that because they like to be judgy bitches but what's weird then, is that the town does seem to like him well it seemed like like the only guy that doesn't is this dude brahms all the other people seem chill with him okay so that's fair so maybe i'm thinking of it from like brahms perspective like well, he's supposed to be <clears throat> thinking it but yeah and i wonder about that because like he he seemed you know he seems harmless he you know he even starts getting along with the students even though they're making fun of him obviously it's shown because he's like well it's because this kid's mom's a good cook but he still is like nice to his students they seem to get along with him yeah yeah food sexual i i can get down with that though um but yeah it just it seemed queer it seemed like that it seemed like that old-fashioned disney queer coding in, yeah. in in that way um 
Because they also show him being good at stuff that's like, you know, they see Brahms, who's like the local dude. He's like riding horses and roughing up with his friends and all this stuff. And you see Ichabod, who is playing the piano and singing and forming a choir with other with the women of the village. That's what he's doing. He's spending his time with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And they they make they and they spend the first like half of the story painting Ichabod just be like, yeah, he's a little odd, but you know he's just odd. He's just this dude living his life, doing his thing, living his life, doing his thing. Does and his then, silly walks? It's totally exactly. fine. But then, hides an entire pie in his book. He does. But like my friend from Jack and the Beanstalk says, all of a sudden there's a woman in the story. Oh, not a woman. <clears throat> they ruin everything. Yup. Um, we meet. Her name is Katrina Von Tassel. She yeah. is the local, uh, she is the Smurfette. She is the yeah. village of Smurfette. She's the only attractive woman in this entire place. And you, they show all the men like literally falling over themselves to like hold all her packages. And Katrina has the air of a woman who knows that she's the most attractive in the place. Mm-hmm. Too. She has um, Tinkerbell vibes. She totally is Tinkerbell vibes. She has such a look that's like, I'm over your bullshit. They call her the coquette, the coquette Katrina. I don't know mm-hmm. why I'm tripping over that, but like the villagers sing a song about her, and it is called like the coquette Katrina. She, she is all has, tits, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say she has huge tracks of farm. She. That was one of the first things I noticed. Is like, yes, Disney princesses overall are animated very much like triangles, but she mm-hmm. is animated like a triangle. Yeah, it's intense and. You know, two very as, round triangles. Two very round triangles. And not only have you and I noticed this, and the other men of the village, and Brahms Bones, who's apparently her, like, boyfriend, or, like, the guy... He's, like, the Gaston... He's the Gaston to her bell, where he's like, I assume that you are mine. Yeah, yeah, he definitely assumes, because pretty much every guy in the village, except for Ichabod Crane, is trying to court her at first, like, as our introduction. And then we see Ichabod, who is about to, I think, eat an entire chicken... It lo- does look like all. that. And then he, then I think he it was a turkey because it was huge. And a turkey. He also has like massive alien meteorite hands. And <laughs> goes along and with those she... feet that they the narrator asks if their feet are if they're shovels. Yeah. Um, but then he spots Katrina and is like, yep. oh, oh, I need to be like night. I think he was like going to run over to help carry something. And of course he also is in love <laughs> with her because she's gorgeous. But yes. that's where where Bones is like, oh how dare you that's my woman not that she agreed to it yep and she does lean into it like you got i you got i got you gotta say she does kind of like play it up a little bit which like is you know what she's like 16 or something so to her this is all just a fucking game but um i'm actually trying to bring up the footage because i'm trying to remember how it all started but yeah it was a similar it was that kind of thing where he was just like nice to her yeah, I think it really was that he was, I think that she was coming out of a shop. She's coming and... out of a shop. Um, and yeah, so all the dudes are holding her packages. But mm-hmm. then um, what's his face shows up and chases them all away. But when Ichabod sees her, he is like totally into her. But I don't know that he makes a move on her right away. I don't think he does because I think that there's a scene where she's basically just using both uh, Brown Bones and Ichabod. Yes, you're right. I found that that's the scene I'm thinking about. Okay, so the first time he sees her, she's just riding through on her carriage. 
Mm-hmm. The next time we see her, she's coming out of the store. All the dudes have, you know, they're trying to hold her packages for her. And um, uh, let's see what's going on here. <laughs> so, okay. So he gets a flower. I'm, I'm trying to think about how this went because it was, it's kind of it, the whole crux of this thing is these two's rivalry. Yeah. And it starts, yep, it starts with the packages. He sees that all the dudes have abandoned the packages because they're afraid of Brahms. So he picks them all up for her, offers her his arm. And then when they're about to cross the stream, he takes off his coat and lets her walk across it. Again, just being a decent human being, not a crazy alpha male. Yeah. It's amazing how women are just attracted to the worst traits in men, isn't it? Yeah, it's awful. And then, you know, Brahms tries to ruin it. So when right when they're about to walk through the river, he like rides his horse through it. And um, yeah, he gets Ichabod all muddy and like li- like Princess carries um, fucking Katrina over his shoulder. And she's not happy. She makes a face. She's pissed off. She throws her ne- she throws her handkerchief to uh, Ichabod. I OK, so so. Did you think if you were to put yourself in watching this movie for the very first time, when you see Brahm on that horse, did you think mm-hmm. to yourself, oh, Brahm is going to be cosplaying? as the headless horseman and he's going to scare Ichabod no so I I was thinking that like obviously I know the story and watching it and all of that right, but I'm right, like right. ooh, they really make it see I think that they were trying to sort of indicate like oh. a little bit of foreshadowing there in the thought that maybe Brom might be the headless Interesting. horseman I never got that that maybe it's just me getting bored with this movie and watching it through. I mean that's fair because it doesn't pay off because spoiler alert he's not yeah he's not and i didn't pick that up but i'm wondering if maybe i should have um because yeah that's kind of where the tone all changes the him uh, ichabod daydreaming about the money stuff happens i forgot it happened in between their two interactions but like it was Mm -hmm. a really interesting segment and it went on for a really long time it was about five minutes of the narrator showing him like daydreaming about Katrina's money and being rich and he's like ignoring his students. Yeah. It's super yeah. weird. Super weird. And we get another um we get another ball that's announced for the same day. Yeah, this is a thing that Disney really likes to do. We're just gonna have a ball now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, a ball is in huge quotes because of, you know, them being in like a northeastern settlement. So yeah, it's, it's just ball. like a little dance party. But there is a note that's sent out to, I guess, all of the adults of the town that says you are cordially invited to attend a frolic at Minhir Baton Von Tossel's home tonight. I want to call every party I have a frolic. A frolic. I know that I, I, I'm going to do that now. It's like, hey, do you want to go on a frolic boat? Do you mean a party boat? No, a frolic boat. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. They're different. But and uh <laughs> Ichabod inevitably goes to this frolic. Um, well, he gets um he gets personally invited because it looks like Katrina steals his invitation because it's signed from the Baron and she writes like PS please come exo Katrina. Yeah. And Ooh. she doesn't write it on Brahms's. She Ooh. only writes it on one. Scandalous. Now the the wiki I looked up to check the summary because I do that. It says uh, it's alluding to the fact that it's like she's doing it to you know um make him jealous and what have you and it's like it's entirely possible she is but i also think that part of it is that she just likes him 
I kind of got that feeling too. Like it was kind of a mixture of her being a brat because this is what she knows. And also actually having somebody who can genuinely um, maybe be a good partner as best you can in this time period. Right. So there was still like a real attraction there, but she doesn't know how to turn the brattiness off. Yeah, because I mean, I think the other thing is like the implication is that she was like maybe like Brahms' girl or like Brahms is super into her and she knows it. And maybe because also this was taking place a long time ago. Maybe they were like betrothed yeah. or supposed to be together or what have you. And suddenly this guy shows up and she's using it as an opportunity to be like see dude like this is how people treat ladies you see how he brought me flowers do you see how he carried my stuff and gave me his arm do you see how he can dance with me really really well without like standing on me or throwing me into a wall do you see how much food he can eat yeah (laughs) (laughs) do you see how tall he is i know you can't ignore it because he's 73 times taller than all of us but do you see do you see um interesting did you see how it looked like Ichabod's horse looks like Cyril Proudbottom? Yes. I absolutely <laughs> like, fucking did. Yeah. It was the same thing. And speaking of another link, uh, Katrina and Wendy have the same hair. Wendy Darling from Peter Pan. Yes. Yeah. Katrina has... Um, I I noticed this theme <laughs> now that we've been watching these old films. The Disney princess bangs. A lot of them yeah. have the same kind of like, it's basically just like a helmet of bangs. She has the face of Tinkerbell, though. She, it's the same pouty lips and the yeah. same angular eyes, but she has Wendy Darling's hair. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and we have Madame Mim again, yeah. who Brahms tries to use. So he's thinking, because it's like, it's an old school dance where like you swap partners around a little bit. So he's like, oh, I'll dance with Madame Not Mim over here. Um, and then when the partner swap happens, I'll take Katrina and Ichabod gets her. But what he doesn't realize is that Giggles is drunk as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Dude, her, she giggles. She laughs more than me the, the entire time she's dancing. She's like, <laughs> she, they also always have like one eye covered. So I was thinking that, and she always wears dress, uh, green dress. A green well. dress. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that this is Mike Wazowski's uh, great grandmother <laughs> from Monsters. Oh, God, Inc. I love it. Yeah. Um. Uh. But when when that doesn't work, he takes to telling the story of the headless horseman. But I have to say, he does it via song, and I like that song. I really love I this dig line that song. From the song. Okay. You can't reason with a headless man. Yes, you can't reason with a headless man. I like that. The Good only one. line I didn't like was when he was. They were talking about how he's looking for a head, and it doesn't matter if you're black or white or even red. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> shout out to Lady Gaga for basically doing a new version of that with Born This Way. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and this would seem like if this was written today, it might just seem silly. Like, doesn't matter if you're black, white or red or blue. But we all know that this is slightly before what makes the red man red. And we know what red meant in this context. And it didn't mean anything nice. Yeah, um, it definitely didn't. And probably referring to black also didn't mean anything nice. No, they absolutely didn't. Um, uh, But aside from that, I had never heard the like Halloween horseman song. I like it. And I genuinely don't know why when like Halloween comes around and all the like Disney Halloween songs come up. Like, why isn't this one more of a like was well known? It's a good Halloween song. It might actually be for that line that you're talking about. (laughs) I like I genuinely I didn't I wonder that. that until you actually said it out loud and I was like actually that's probably the reason. Yeah. Just, oh my god. I'm 
sorry look no, highly recommend looking at the lyrics for this because they're great as part of the speech um when they're beginning the song um and uh brahm is saying just gather around and i'll elucidate on what goes on outside when it gets late long about midnight the ghosts and banshees they get together for their nightly jamboree and then the people in the crowd say a uh, woman says some are fat and some are thin and some don't even wear their skin yep these lyrics are great these lyrics that's what i'm telling you this song is awesome when the spooks have a midnight jamboree they break it up with fiendish glee the ghosts are bad but the one that's cursed is the headless horseman he's the worst that's (laughs) right he's a fright on halloween night this is a great song if you have not heard this song if you like me had not heard this before look up the headless horseman song it's by bing crosby so it's also just got a nice sounding voice to it. Yeah, of course. Bing <clears throat> Crosby is a yeah. wonderful singer. A wonderful singer. Um, but this terrifies the absolute batshit out of Ichabod Crane. He is losing his he's losing his mind like Snow White in the forest. He loses his mind so much that he puts pepper on his cake. His cake too gets much of it. Peppered. Wait, too much of it. You're indicating too, well, that's that why he an ate... acceptable amount of pepper to put on cake. <laughs> well, I was just afraid of the fact that he blew fire afterwards. <laughs> he blew it. He, he ate enough to breathe fire. That's too much. Even if you like pepper on your cake. You know, if you like pepper on your cake, you do you. Let your peppery flag fly. <laughs> I, after this, though, I've, I, there is one thing that tells me this is not Cyril. Because Cyril freaks out when he sees a motor car. Uh, yeah. This horse is not a real horse because it is, it is bothered by basically nothing except for the literal headless horseman itself. Nothing else bothers this horse. Not I, the I weird wrote, creaking, nothing. Yeah, I wrote Cyril the horse isn't scared. Listen to Cyril because Ichabod is just freaked out by like yeah. every single thing in the forest. As he's he's leaving the party to go home. Mm-hmm. Again, this is the, the after North hearing the US. creepy, creepy legend, by the way. Yeah, Northeast US um, in um, uh, pilgrim times, and there's no lights anywhere. So, of course, everything is much creepier than it should be. Mm-hmm. I also and wanted to know how far away his house was from here. because he It can't be that far because it's supposed to be a small town. It's supposed to be Terrytown in New York. Yeah. Which is a small, small place. But um, I don't know how far it is. But Gunpowder the Horse, let me tell you, doesn't give a shit. No. Gunpowder cares about nothing until, like I said, the actual headless horseman shows up. But before that, we hear like a bunch of frogs and stuff. And there is a frog croaking that sounds like it's saying Gavin Foster. <laughs> Kevin Foster. Kevin Foster. I, I don't know who that is, but Kevin Foster, you're fucking. <laughs> Your frog is looking for you in 1949. Kevin Foster. Where Kevin are you? Foster. Apparently, maybe, maybe that's the frog's partner. Apparently, Kevin Foster is the associate professor of African and African diaspora studies at UT Austin. <laughs> I hope he never hears this. I hope you run into him one day, or I hope you see him <laughs> in the hallways and just go, Kevin Foster. Like I'm a in frog, the and just look away. I'm in the wrong building for that. Um, but but yeah, there's a frog, that, Kevin Foster. <laughs> but um. Then the Headless Horseman shows up, and we have yet another Scooby-Doo chase, and I wrote down, this Scooby chase was so long, and that, it went on for too long. Like, it stopped being interesting anymore. It it went on for too long, and there was a lot of emphasis on Ichabod using the horse's butt. Yeah. 
things. And I was like, don't put your face in a horse's ass. No, I have, you know, so I've, I don't know if I've talked about, I've ridden, I rode horses a little bit as an adult, but when I was younger, I rode a lot more and I actually went to like camp horse camp where you would be around horses all the time and i've done i've learned a little bit of like trick riding i've learned a little bit of western riding i've learned english riding i used to do jumping just for fun like i've never done a like dressage so i've been around horses and let me just tell you something there's never been a time when my instructor was like you know what would be a great idea is if you just put any part of your body right near that real big horse's ass i think that that would benefit you um a lot the closest I have ever come to doing that kind of thing was sitting reverse in the saddle and then leaning forward and wrapping your arms around the horse, because that is a precursor lean into doing a headstand vault off of a horse. Now we never learned that, but this was like, so if you turn around and then you put your heart, this is like step one of learning how to do a thing. And it's like, Oh, how cool deal but yeah that's the closest i've ever got to that um and that even was like in case you're wondering that's a super risky trick that only our most advanced stunts women do like uh, yeah i mean <laughs> just don't because you're you could get very very hurt and also if you've ever you been get your horse, head kicked off you could uh like a headless <laughs> horseman but also if you've ever been near a horse when it farts you don't want your head or any part of your body nearby you kind of just want to evacuate the dance floor and you know, you know that if Ichabod's diet is anything to go off of, he probably gives his horse leftovers. So that horse is making so many fear toots as they are trying to flee. Probably why he's going so fast. <laughs> he's he's gas powered. He's a gas powered he, horse. He he does manage to outrun the headless horseman after a bunch of maniacal laughing and scaring and like riding backwards. <laughs> horseman was just showing off all of his tricks, switching horses for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they were doing they see they were doing stunt riding that might be why he had his head near it because they had to do the choreography and at one point he learned when you're about to do a vault off your horse this <laughs> with your head it's got to be near its butt and I, you're right like this chase went on so long and eventually there's a bridge and if you cross the bridge supposedly you'll be safe yes that that's the line in the thing where it's like once you've made it across this bridge you're good and he does he does but I don't know why he didn't just turn around and burn the bridge, because then the horseman shows up. Yeah, he turns around just in time to see the horseman yeeting a flaming jack-o'-lantern at him. And then uh, we get the the, uh, yada yada yada, where the narrator is like, anyway, Katrina married Brahms, and some people think that he's just living with a widow somewhere. Uh, Bye! Yeah, it just... I I mentioned that this was a weirdly bubbly ending for death, because our main character just (laughs) dies yeah the implication is either that he dies or becomes the new headless horseman which basically means dies yeah and katrina marrying the worst option of the two is not a good ending but they kind of play it off as like oh look how happy they are in marriage i was so so flummoxed. you're right you're right this movie turns our hero into a villain for absolutely no reason i'm thinking it's the queer coding and you and you can fight with me if you want to um fight with this... you on the back of a horse That's i optional. would fight you on the back of a horse in rhode island it's optional um no in new york um but i get to pick my horse i'm taking rohan maddie maddie my instructor maddie i need rohan and i don't i, I do not have time to give you context you well, just need only, to say yes the <laughs> only horse that i could choose would be a horse that my family uh 
my cousins used to have named Toby and Toby is long dead. So Aww. it might actually be the headless horseman if I'm riding this dead horse. No, I think you'll be the horseless horseman. The horseless horseman. I think that's what. <laughs> Watch out for the head, the headless the, horseless horseman. The he horseless horse, your horse and your head. Ah, uh, I see horseman. you're afraid of the headless horseman, but have you heard of the horseless horseman? Oh no, the scary oh, no. horse. <laughs> He's just. He's just, he doesn't have a horse or anything like that. He's a man standing and kind of like doing the thing. Or, ooh, no, he has the coconuts. The coconuts. Like, I saw a meme of that recently with Obi-Wan being the rider and Anakin in a bag full of, at a bag full of gear being the clopper. And it was pretty fucking great. That's amazing. Um, so that was the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Even though this movie has a little bit of a through plot in the beginning and in the center, with the whole, like, library mm-hmm. and Basil and Bing kind of going against each other with yep. their stories, it this still just ends. ends. It says the end, and it's like, bye! You don't get a wrap-up. Who cares? Nope. Uh, I guess that leads us to our golden question for me and you, which is, um, did you like this movie, and do you recommend it? Okay, okay. I'm I'm actually going to say no. I, I'm going to say no. Um, despite the fact that I liked parts of it and there were mm-hmm. fun little parts of it throughout mm-hmm. the movie, I feel like you can get that by just listening to the Headless Horseman song. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> if you have to, for some reason, watch Mr. Toad, just pay attention to the newspaper clippings and you'll get the entire story. <laughs> that's true uh keeping with my trend i don't like it and i don't recommend it but i do recommend um especially with um, if you want to wait a couple months i recommend you look up the headless horseman song by bing crosby that is actually worth hearing i know that i was dogging on that line a little bit and i will continue to do so but the overall song is very fun it's a very good fun halloween 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 is there him him is the only word i can think of that starts with an h for a song but it's not a him halloween him yeah it's not a him what no well, speaking of fun, we are finally going to get to return to fun with our next film because we are out of the package era. We are, we are. Oh my God. And we're going to get into Cinderella next week. We are. So uh, we'll see you next week for hopefully a better time. Indeed we will. But for now, keep your heads on your bodies and your toads in your pockets. If you really can. Sure. If you can, good luck keeping your toes and, and your cranes uh, on your and your cranes on your Ichabods. And your cranes on your Ichabods. <laughs> so long, glamour boys. So long, glamour boys. Damsels Who Discuss is created and produced by Crow's Nests Podcast. Your hosts are Gally Articola and Alexia Thurumalai. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash damsels who discuss, all one word. On Instagram at Instagram.com slash damsels who discuss all one word again. And on Twitter at Twitter.com slash damsels who disco because Twitter has a character limit. Or you can also email us at damsels who discuss at gmail.com. So long, glamour boys. So long, glamour boys. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>